Uh, We continue as we move toward the end of the book of Exodus. This is in the 31st chapter. And the Lord said to Moses, tell the Israelites to observe a Sabbath day uh, as a sign uh, for all time that I am the Lord their God who has made them holy. Whoever does work on it shall be put to death. Whoever uh, desecrates the Sabbath shall be cut off from the people. Six days you are to work, but the seventh day is to be a Sabbath rest. It is a day holy to the Lord. Whoever works on that day will be put to death. And this is to be celebrated by the Israelites as a lasting covenant. And for all times, it will be a sign between me and the Israelites that in the six days, the Lord created the heavens and the earth. And on the seventh, he rested and was refreshed. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Be seated, please. In her book, Sacred Rhythms, Ruth Haley Barton talks about going out for a bike ride one day, and she got hit by a guy in a van. He panicked, got nervous, and after he hit her, he ran over her. Fortunately, uh, she survived with just some scrapes, bruises, and a fractured ankle. She said, my first response when I got home from the hospital was almost euphoria that nothing worse had happened to me and that I had survived this. But she said, as time went along, then I got eager and antsy to get back to normal and do all the things that I'm used to doing. And so my friends saw this, and they, they tried to teach me, and they tried to help me. One of them said, now, Ruth, you need to learn this lesson. You cannot take on a van with your bicycle. Another one said this, Ruth, it's okay for you to take a break. You got run over by a van. When the last word of encouragement came, Ruth said she remembered a quote from a guy named Wayne Miller, and you can find a quote from him in the bulletin this morning, in a book on Sabbath. And this is what Wayne Miller says. If we do not find a rhythm of rest in our busy lives, illness will become our Sabbath. Pneumonia will become our Sabbath. Heart disease will become our Sabbath. Car accidents will become our Sabbath. If we don't find rest, basically, sickness becomes our Sabbath. Sabbath is serious business. So serious, in fact, that the Lord ingrained it into all of creation. Um, My friend Scott Hare, who really is a mentor in Sabbath to me, was talking about at, uh, at the end of 2 Chronicles, chapter 36, verse 21, it talks about the people of Israel going into slavery for 70 years to the Babylonians. And if you um, know how this works, they had spent basically 490 years in the promised land. And in the promised land, God told them, now every seven years, you need a Sabbath for the land. The land's supposed to lie fallow. But they never did it. And so this is what 2 Chronicles says about their exile into slavery. Um, 2 Chronicles said, it will be 70 years, one year for every year the land did not lie fallow. And Scott makes this observation, if God is that serious about Sabbath for the land, how much more so is God serious about Sabbath for people? So serious that our passage this morning included a couple of death threats. Those who desecrate the Sabbath are to be put to death. Whoever does not observe the the Sabbath shall be put to death. God takes it seriously. 
So seriously, in fact, that God keeps a Sabbath. And one of the things the Jews say, if you're working on the Sabbath, you're doing something God doesn't do. God doesn't work on the Sabbath. And you might say, well, now wait a minute. Jesus healed people on the Sabbath in the synagogue and won by the temple. And I would say to you precisely, Jesus is keeping the Sabbath at synagogue and temple when he comes across this opportunity to help somebody. The Sabbath was a part of Jesus' own life. The Sabbath is serious business. And the Sabbath does some very important things for us. The first thing the Sabbath does for us is it gives an order to our life. Um, Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel, many people believe, was the greatest rabbi of the 20th century. Uh, He was lecturing at a, a Protestant Christian seminary. And he lectured on the Ten Commandments and he started this way. He said, now, what do you think is the most important of the Ten Commandments? Well, most of the people that raised their hand in that group gave the answer, you shall have no other gods before me. One answered, you shall not murder. And he said, no, the most important commandment is you are to keep the Sabbath. And he went on to say this, people who keep the Sabbath are more likely to keep the other nine commandments. And that's why it's the commandment that keys all of the rest. It gives an order to our life. As Americans, as Westerners, we tend to order our life around work. And so we work, 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 and then maybe we take a break so we can get back and work, work, work. But that's not the Jewish rhythm of life that God handed down. Life was organized around the Sabbath. In fact, Scott, who spent a summer in Israel, said the day before the Sabbath, you watch people scramble to get everything in order, the food cooked, uh, table set, arrangements made, end up where you're supposed to be on that day. The emphasis is geared toward that day, toward the day of rest, rather than a day of rest geared toward just working some more. The order is completely different. Heschel made this observation about the Sabbath He said the Sabbath isn't so you can rest and then go work some more. The Sabbath for the people of God is so that you can receive life. The goal is to enjoy the life that God has given you. And enjoying the life that God has given you is not oriented around going as hard as you can for as long as you can. It's oriented around finding the rest that God's provided for you in your life. So there's an ordering that takes place on the Sabbath. It gives us a way to, to organize our week. Another thing it does is it teaches us a valuable lesson about who's really in charge in this life. I mean, who is in charge? Who needs to be on the job for the sun to come up tomorrow morning? For the earth to still be on its axis? Is that our job? One of the things that Sabbath teaches us is about trust. And we find out if we take off today that tomorrow the sun probably still comes up. If we take off today, probably tomorrow the the earth is probably still rotating on its axis. Life will still go on. Sabbath teaches us that God is God, and we are not, and we can actually rest in that. And no matter how important we are, there's only one person whose job description, as far as I know in human history, included making the sun come up every morning. And that was the Pharaoh of Egypt. He believed, and his people believed, if he didn't go to the temple and perform the right ritual at the right time, the sun would not come up the next day. And if he didn't do it on an annual basis, the Nile would not flood and there would not be crops. That's because Pharaoh thought he was God. You and I cannot show up tomorrow and the world will still go on. If you don't believe me, here's a reality check. You can go this afternoon, you can go tomorrow, sometime this week, go to a cemetery. I guarantee you in that cemetery lie the remains of a lot of important people who had very important jobs while they were alive. 
And they're no longer doing those jobs. But the world still goes on. It's a reality check. Your job is not life and death. For the most part, seven days a week, you can rest and learn that God's God. And we're not, and that's a good thing. And the Sabbath just teaches us about the fact that God wants us to enjoy life, to have, uh, to have freedom in life. Uh, Scott used the comparison of Sabbath as kind of like a snow day. I know we don't get many of those here, but try to think years ago when we had one. You know, it's an excuse not to do anything. Uh, people don't get out. Buses don't run. Uh, so there are no schools. You just get up, go back to bed, or make a fire, hang out with each other. That's the Sabbath. The Sabbath is a free day. Every seven days a free day. You don't have to earn it. You can have had a very good week at work or a very poor week at work, and it's still the Sabbath. You could have gotten all of your list accomplished or none of your list accomplished, and it's still the Sabbath. It's a very egalitarian day. It's God wanting to give freedom and rest to everyone. Now, I'd like to uh, offer a few observations uh, about the Sabbath. Now, you need to know a couple things. One, I'm a beginner at this. I'm just trying to figure this out. And you're thinking, duh, it's the Sabbath and you're working. Well, many Christians consider Sunday the Sabbath. But as God created things in the beginning, Friday night to Saturday night was the Sabbath. And so one of the things about working on Sunday, it has freed me to move toward the Sabbath that God gave the Jews. And either one's fine by me or, or even any other day. I think if you rest, could work as well. Some of you know uh, my wife is at the hospital basically two Sundays a month working. Uh, so I know I don't get it perfect, but I'm learning. And here's some of the things I would say to you. I would say mainly that the Sabbath is an exercise in freedom. That God gives us this day and we're free to observe it or not. You might say, well, wait a minute, there was a death penalty. Well, let me tell you about this. A couple things. One is historical evidence from the Talmud and other places indicates that very rarely did the Jews execute a death penalty. Uh, there were so many checks and balances. That's what's so bizarre about the stoning of Stephen or throwing rocks at the woman caught in adultery. It, it may be legal by their law, but it's so out of bounds from what people had decided God wanted them to do over the centuries. So and then the second thing would be this, that as you know, the Hebrew mind thinks in pictures. And so here's the picture God's giving. Don't keep the Sabbath equals death. And that's a picture that God's giving them. And it's true whether somebody puts you to death or not. Have you heard this saying? Death is nature's way of telling you to slow down. You can keep the Sabbath or not. It's your choice. Be free. As Scott Harris says, you can put oil in your car or not. That's your choice. You don't have to put oil in your car. You don't try it 50,000 miles. See how it goes. But it's a day of freedom. A Mark Buchanan, a Canadian author, has helped me. He said it's like the park near his house. He said when you get to the park, there's a sign. There's basically three rules. The first rule is put your dogs on a leash. Second rule is no public intoxication. The third rule is this park closes at 10 o'clock. And that's it. And the rest of the time, you can play on the jungle gym. You can walk around. You can sit and have a picnic. There's all sorts of things you can do. You stay with, there's great freedom within that boundary. And so the Sabbath is, is, first of all, free day, free to do it or not. And other people are also free to do it or not. 
And I can't tell you how many times people will say to me, whether it's Easter or some other day, they'll say, gosh, you know, shouldn't the church be this full every Sunday like that? And I don't say much about it because, frankly, I'm from the school of Yogi Berra. You heard what Yogi once said about attendance at Major League Baseball games years ago. Yogi observed that if people don't want to come out to the park, you can't stop them. People don't want to take the Sabbath, I can't stop them. Not going to. It's it's day of freedom, but it's also a day of freedom in the way you observe it. Whether your Sabbath is Friday or Saturday or Sunday, I think it probably it should include three things. It ought to include God. To say it's your day of rest, it's your Sabbath, and no reflection on God, no thanksgiving to God, no worship of God in some way is not a biblical Sabbath. That's one of the great things about uh, about worshiping on on the Christian Sabbath. As we do, is it gives an op- it gives an opportunity uh, to remember God. Second thing is it ought to include other people. One of the weaknesses about, uh, about my Friday to Saturday Sabbath is that often my wife's not able to participate with me. And a private Sabbath really isn't a Sabbath. The Sabbath was for the entire community. And if you don't believe me, go to Israel and watch everything shut down. Watch everything. By the way, Gentiles become very valuable on the Sabbath day in Israel, if people like need to start a fire, they had, it went out and they need somebody else to start it for them or flip a switch on the uh, water heater or something. And so Scott said they were always, always calling on him as a Christian, will you come over and do this for me? But uh, it ought to involve other people. It's a, it's a community thing. Uh, so time with family, time with friends, very significant in, in the Sabbath. Uh, and then it ought to involve... Time for yourself. Whatever renews you, whatever involves you in recreation, lets God work and refresh you. To me, the beautiful sentence in this whole passage is that God rested on the seventh day and that God was refreshed. Well, gosh, if it does that for God, what might it do for us? Take a long walk. Read a book. Enjoy a good meal. Uh, Visit with someone you haven't visited with. In a long time. What, what's renewing for you? Somebody said, well, can I mow the yard on the Sabbath? And I'd say, do you enjoy it? I mean, do you get off mowing the yard? If you do, go for it. If it's renewing. It involves God, involves others, and involves you. There's a great deal of freedom because it is a gift from God to you and to me. But it's a gift that has to be opened and observed. You've heard me tell the story years ago, uh, a barnstorming uh, uh, group of people who flew airplanes came to a town. And one of the particular planes was doing some pretty amazing uh, barrel rolls and some other things, uh, impressing and ooing awing the, the crowd. And one old man was looking up at it and he said, that plane's not made to do that. There's going to be trouble. And so sure enough, within moments, the plane broke up. There's a terrible crash. Now, next to this old man was an eight-year-old boy with his father. And so he pulled on the old man's coat and he said, he said, Sir, how did you know that was going to happen? And the old man said to him, I designed that airplane. God has designed our life to soar. But that design includes the Sabbath.